Saks in the Basement is now a proud partner with the Big Heads Media Network. Find us and other great podcasts at BigHeadsMedia.com. It's the pre-show to the big show. That's what today is, Dave. We've got the big show happening tomorrow night. This comes out on you Wednesday like the, the 25th. W- you mean like the WWE wrestler? <laughs> this comes out on the 25th and on the 26th, Thursday night, Cork and carry at the park with socks in the basement. We will be there for pre and post game. And now able to announce it. We were able to announce it on social media this past weekend. Ron Kittle kicking things off for us. 4.30 in the afternoon, I'm going to be there setting up about 5 o'clock. Going to start, you know, hanging out, talk with the fans, handing out some of the free swag and stuff. Ron should be on by 5.30. He's got something else going on at the ballpark, so he's going to be kicking the thing off with us. But he agreed to come out and be live with us. There's going to be a live open mic for fans to ask questions. We will kick off with that. The show will then continue up until the ball game begins. The boys from the 108 are going to be there, which is going to be absolutely awesome. And then post-game. We're going to be back for you post-game at Cork and Carry at the Park. And because of the equipment, I think I'm just going to hang out at the bar. So if you if you just want to go watch a game on TV and hang out with the show, you can do that with us at Cork and Carry on Thursday night. Or you can go pre-game, go to the game, come back for post-game, do one, not the other. Whatever you want to do, we're going to have plenty for everybody. It's going to be a great time looking forward to it. This show brought to you by Cork and Carry at the Park, a great place for you to go pre and post game, I like it because there's no time limits. Like I don't have to wait until the right, socks let me right, into the ballpark. Right, because the socks bars both um, in the uh, bullpen sports bar. That's still what they yeah they still call it, it whatever call it is the craft cave and then the craft cave whatever. right and then the place that's across Thirty uh, Fifth Street. Like you can go there like an hour before the game, and then they like, have you some can go like an that. after, but right. then they kick you out an hour after game time. So yeah, but Cork and Carry. It's, it's it's really I think the best option down there if you're going to pregame or postgame in my opinion if you're going to go pregame postgame and you're not let's say you're not a, if you're a tailgater I get the tailgating thing I mean it's right at 33rd in Princeton so you just head on over there this is a quick hop skip and a jump from the ballpark you get to hang out with us and then you go into the game it should be an absolutely great time Ron Kittle the boys from the 108 and possibly a few other surprise guests but those are the ones that I can confirm for our event tomorrow night Thursday the 26th. Also coming up later on the program, I have audio from our trip on the Dixie Highway Brewery Trail with the listeners that were able to get on our free beer bus that we just did last Friday. We'll have some audio from that as well. You were missed at that. Yeah, I heard that was a lot of fun. I was not able to attend, but yeah. uh, I, I heard it was uh, it was pretty fun. You were greatly missed, my friend. There were people that were waiting to see you. I think that there are people that are looking forward to seeing Angry Dave come out during the during the cork and carry Listen, event. I only get angry when the White Sox <laughs> when the White Sox make me angry. All right, well, I want to talk about some good things today on the show. I do. I want to talk about, you know, like look, let's start off positive today because then I'm going to talk about something that's going to make you angry. Of course. So let's let's start off absolutely positive today with what I think is the greatest set of stats that makes me warm and fuzzy inside. Oh, okay, boy. here it is. Pre-All-Star break. Aloy Jimenez, 241 with a 303 on base percentage, slugging 482 for a 785 OPS. Which is decent that's for a, a rookie, solid rookie year. Decent for yeah, a rookie it's year. It's a decent rookie year. It's better than what Mankata did oh, last yes. year. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And look at what Mankata's okay. doing look this year. Look what he's doing now. Aloy Jimenez post All Star break, 
Get ready. I'm ready, man. Do Two, this. 298, mm-hmm. 333 on base percentage, 547 slugging with an OPS of 880. Yeah. He's already, in just the limited amount of time that he's been here, he's, he's already got 30 home runs. Right. And now those stats actually extrapolate back over his past, like, 80 games. Because right before the All-Star break, he was pretty much at those same levels. It's the easiest way for me to split things for people. But really, the last, his last, like, let's say, 30 games before the All-Star break or 25 games before the All-Star break, if you threw those in there, it would not damage those stats. So he has, like, like MLB.com put out a thing about who they think has a chance at the Rookie of the Year title. He's on the list of the five possible candidates Which for Rookie of the Year. Which he wasn't before. Right. He's going to, you know, that Jordan Alvarez is insane for the Astros, and he's probably going to end up winning the thing. But just the fact that he turned that season, his second half has been good enough that he's on that list. You know who isn't on that list? Vlad Guerrero Jr. isn't on that list. That, to me, is interesting. You know? That's real interesting. I, I'm going to tell you something right now. Those two guys right next to each other on the prospect list right before this season started, Aloy had a better year than Vlad. And... Aloy is ours, and I am super excited about it. That I mean, If you want something to be excited about, Sox fans, go with that. Go with the fact that you have a guy who could win the batting title in Tim, Tim Anderson, Anderson, and he's hitting three thirty four right now. Go with the fact that Juan Moncada is a star. He's an absolute star. Yeah, he's 294 with his average. I, I Last I looked at his OPS, it was in the upper 800s, the like 870, 880 something. It's nice to have a guy. I was having a conversation with somebody about the team on the north side that's falling apart. And let's just all take five seconds to chuckle. <laughs> well, I, I'm sorry, but I've been listening to the crap from their fan base for the last couple of years. And that was, I mean, let's think about that. There was... They had to play the Cardinals for seven games. And I, I was like, well, the Brewers were past both of them while they beat each other up. And then the Cubs will have to fight till the end to get into the thing. No, 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 no. They had nobody at the ballpark on Sunday. The attendance fans that sit around and pick out White Sox fans all the time about the attendance. The place was half empty. They were so upset about right. what happened. We talked about this last, you know, two weeks ago. When you look at what the Sox did this year, the Sox pretty much from a win-loss record did what you expect them to do. I mean, they're going to win a, between about 70 and 75 games. It's, it's going to be we somewhere in there. We said that's that. pretty much what they expected to do. Now you have, you had a lot of really pleasant surprises this year, things that happened that you kind of did not expect to happen. I mean, for example, you know, Yuan Mankata being so good at third base we thought, I mean, he was going to be serviceable, but he is actually very, very good. He is a star. He should have made the all-star team. You have Tim Anderson, who uh, is, like you mentioned, is about to win the batting title. You you take his his suspect defense with that because he's, he's so good at the plate. Yeah. Um, you have a guy like... James McCann, you got, you know, Diamond in the Rough doing what he's doing. Now, I mean, obviously he's not batting 320 anymore like he is the first half of the year, but he is still going to turn in a very respectable. He's going to end up with more wins above replacement than Jose Abreu and place fourth on the team and wins above replacement. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, you then have the fact that, you know, Eloy Jimenez, who is absolutely tearing it up in his rookie year, the second half of it. And and so you have a lot of you have a lot of good things to be positive about. Let's talk about a 
article that came out, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because I've got a much bigger picture I want to look at with the White Sox as a team and their coaching staff. But I got this emailed to me over the weekend by my uncle, uh, and it's a Scott Merkin story on MLB.com. Oh, boy. And it's all, it's the, it's your monthly dose of the White Sox being upset that people are negative story. Okay. It, it, this is now, this is becoming an, a regular right. And so I'm not spending a lot of time on my show on this. Okay. No, but, but here's the thing. Cooper basically talking about how upset he is that people are negative. Here's his quote. Listen, I'll be honest. The worst part of my job. And I think I have the best job in the world is to deal with negative people and taking people to the negative side. Kicking us when we are down, it's easy to do in a rebuild, but I'll remember everybody who's doing it. The worst thing in the world that's come along, as far as I'm concerned, is Twitter and a lot of social media. Here we go again. That gives voice to people that shouldn't really have a voice, that don't know what the hell a hitting coach's job, the manager's job, the pitching coach's job. They have no clue what the job is. I don't like that part of it. People are drinking beers. They get their beer muscles, and they're not afraid to talk or act bigger. I don't ever hear anything to my face at the field ever. Don, I'm going to respond very quickly to you. The reason you don't hear it at your face is because podcasts like mine are denied access to active coaches and active players unless we are affiliated with the team. That's why the corporate podcast gets to talk to you, and I do not, and the other podcasts that are not affiliated with the team or who have not jumped through so many hoops that they can't criticize you to your face, are we're not allowed to talk to you. Anytime you want to come on Socks in the Basement and talk about the decline in stats with your pitching staff over the last 10 years— Anytime you want to talk about managerial mistakes that are happening, anytime you want to talk about things that we find that maybe need to be improved upon, we could talk about the positives as well. Anytime you want to do that, Don Cooper, you have an open invitation to join us on Socks in the Basement. We could do it live at Cork and Carry at the park tomorrow. You feel free to stop by before the game. You want to talk with us on the phone? Give us a call. In fact, Don, there's a live call in line, Don. You don't even need to talk to me. You don't even need to talk to me, Don. All you have to do is give a call into the line and leave a message about your thoughts, okay? It's 708-459-8406. 708-459-8406. There's a reason nobody says it to your face. The team won't let anybody get close to you guys. Now, that aside, it's, 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 I don't care if you find it negative. I am sick of the idea that the people on the White Sox think that their fan base should just hand over their money and shut their mouths. We are fans of this team because we've loved this team since before you were a part of it. And when you are gone, we will still be fans of this team. You are just a person holding a job on a team that we care about. I don't go to ball games for Don Cooper. I go to ball games because of the Chicago White Sox. I go to ball games to watch Joe West umpire. <laughs> but I, I, don't like, about, I don't know about you, but that's why I go. I have, I have listen, something. I have something I want to say about that before we move on. But go yeah. ahead. Go, listen, go ahead. Listen, go ahead. Listen. Criticism is part of the game. Do you think that somebody would hold the job that you've had as long as you've had it with multiple managers because you are unfireable because it doesn't matter what manager comes in. They're not going to let them bring in their own guy. Do you think that would happen on the Yankees? Do you think that would happen on the Dodgers? Does that even happen on the Cubs? No, it doesn't happen on the Astros. These are you are in a special situation. No wonder you love your job. Okay, Don, and you're right. I don't know what a pitching coach does. 
but stop coming out and yelling at your fans. This goes to you, and this goes to the entire White Sox organization. You're insulting your fan base. You are you're driving people away who care about your team. And then and, they and, and then I'm they... sick of list. I'm sick of listening to it. This is not look. You this is not supposed to be a lifetime job. And you're not supposed to be able to sit there and say, just let me do my job. You don't know what I'm talking about. Just pay your money and buy your jerseys and walk around. Nobody walks around with like a like the jersey or the uniform of any other person in the world. But we walk around with sports uniforms on. Okay. We care enough about it that we change our plans for, for kids' birthdays and christenings and everything else if there's a big game. We plan lives around sporting events. We're fans. And if you can't handle criticism, then you can't handle fans. Okay. And if you can't handle fans, get another job. Dear Chicago White Sox organization, a, a letter, an open letter, if you will, from the co-host slash enhancement talent of Sox in the Basement. <laughs> it is no longer 1979 where you have two, only two media outlets in Chicago, that being the Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Tribune. And then maybe one sports talk radio. I didn't even think sports talk radio was a thing back then, was it? I don't even think so. It is no longer 1979 where you can have these two media outlets and you can control your message pretty easily through these two media outlets because there's only a couple of sports reporters on each of these media outlets and you can basically hold it over these sports reporters' heads where if they say something negative about the team that they're now blacklisted, it is now 2019. Social media, Twitter, YouTube, podcasting, vlogging, blogging, whatever. This is now a thing, okay? This is now a part of the mainstream. Deal with it. Right. Let's deal what, with it. Guess what? Just like, just like how, and this is another topic, but just how, guess what? Sabermetrics is a thing. Things like war and whip and F war and <laughs> D war. And, and, you know, these are all real stats that pretty much everybody else in the world uses, except for you, uh, to judge their talent. Get out of the late seventies. Okay. It's not, it is a different time. It is a different place. If you have, if you have problems with the way that people are perceiving you and are voicing their opinion through social media, change, adapt. It is, it is the mantra of any good, successful business. You have to adapt with the times and the White Sox either cannot or will not. A neighborhood bar. A Southside tradition, your home base for Sox viewing parties. Cork and Carry at the Park, 3258 South Princeton Avenue, where they have an incredible menu that includes award-winning burgers, Chicago favorites, wings, beef, pulled pork, mac and cheese, salads, wraps, nachos, and an incredible environment. When I'm getting a drink pregame or postgame, it's over at Cork and Carry at the Park. And in case you didn't know, you can rent the entire bar out for events. Just visit them at corkandcarryatthepark.com for more details. And remember, Thursday, September 26th, Socks in the Basement, live and in person at Cork and Carry at the Park. Pre-game and post-game with an open mic. Wrap up the season in style September the 26th at Cork and Carry at the Park at the corner of 33rd and Princeton, right near the park. We'll see you there.
Dave just got a notification. Steve Paradzinski now confirmed. Writer for the Loop Sports, talks White Sox for the Loop Sports. He is now going to be at Cork and Carry at the park Thursday night. It should be a blast. Make sure that you get out there. Now let's talk about Rebuild because Don is like, oh, I'm remembering all the names for the Rebuild. Fine, remember me. Remember all the names. Okay, here we go. This week, the San Diego Padres fired their manager, Andy Green. He had four seasons with a rebuilding club in the Padres. They were 45 and 45 at the All-Star break and went 24 and 40 since. His overall record in his four years with San Diego is 274 and 366. The team had gone out in the offseason and picked up Manny Machado and a couple other free agents, and this was supposed to be the year that things were supposed to go from rebuild to starting to win more ball games. The White Sox are sitting at the exact same place. The White Sox uh, currently have a manager that has spent three years with the team in Rick Renteria. He has four years of major league managing. Now, here's the interesting thing. If you throw in his year with the Chicago Cubs, in his four seasons of being a major league manager, he has almost the identical record yes. of Green, who just got fired. Right. 270 and 371. Now, with the Chicago White Sox over the last three years of a rebuild, and I know it's a rebuild, 197 and 282. For Renteria to just get to what Andy Green had in year four of his time with the White Sox, because Green in four years with the Padres, and then we're looking at Renteria. Mm-hmm. Just three one year years. Had, three got, years. Yeah. Renteria's got three years, Green has four. And you can make a very close comparison on these two teams, both doing rebuilds, both at the point, you know, where they're starting to go out into the free agent market. Padres just slightly ahead of the curve than the White Sox. So the White Sox should be at this point. They should be at this point where this is a year where they should, in 2020, where they should expect them to turn the corner, which is why the Padres got rid of their manager. For Ricky Renteria just to get to where Green is. He'd have to have 77 wins in 2020. He would still have a losing record. Yes. And that would get him to the point where Green is after four years and getting himself fired. The point that I'm trying to make here is next year has got to be a year where it's not Rick Hahn and Ricky Renteria evaluating players. It's Rick Hahn evaluating players and his entire coaching staff. Because at this point, if you come out in 2020 and you don't make a difference, and you don't see improvement, and you have the arrival of Lewis Robert, and you have the arrival of Nick Madrigal, and you do go out and get a couple of free agents. Let's say you go get Corey Dickerson, or you make a splash with the J.D. Martinez pipe dream that some people really want to have, Stop but I don't it, believe. Stop it, Chris. Stop it. That's okay. not happening. I, I know, uh, but something happens, and you go out and you get guys. If Ricky, if Ricky is not competitive, if Ricky is not making a push in the direction of the playoffs next year, if there isn't a massive change in what is happening in-game, because he can no longer next year sit there and say, well, I just wanted to see how well that guy was going to do in that situation, or I left him in too long for his own good, or I didn't make that change in pitching because I needed to see if he could handle that situation. No, no, no. At that point, you're supposed to make the right choice. If those mistakes are still happening, then the question is, will the White Sox do the same thing that the Padres did and move on? And, and that will be a real litmus test. And when they do move on, will guys like Don Cooper and Daryl Boston and Nick Capra and everybody else that's part of the coaching staff 
Where will their jobs be replaceable by the new manager that comes in? Because guess what? A Joe Madden, who's going to probably come available, is not coming to a team that has to where no. he has to take on their pitching coach and and certain players that are friends with the president of the team and Kenny Williams. Okay, a a a Joe Girardi is not going to do that. A quality manager is not going to do that. It's going to become the rebuild is ending. Okay, so if you want to go in the press and you want to talk about how we're all too negative, there's going to be a point where you're not going to be able to hide behind that anymore. And it's the 2020 season. Here's what I worry about at this point. Okay, right now we have all these positives that we just talked about. We have a Tim Anderson winning the batting title. We have Yoan Mankata being an absolute stud. We have... Uh, Eloy Jimenez, who is now all of a sudden a rookie of the year candidate. You have a solid catching option in James McCann. You still have Jose Abreu doing what Jose Abreu does, even though his average is down, the power numbers are still there. You have a Lucas Giolito who's had a breakthrough year. Are you really going to sit there and tell me, well, you know... 2020 is just year four of a rebuild. The talent hasn't arrived yet. We're still evaluating. No, it is time to actually start thinking about building a team around these guys. And I worry that, you know, over free agency, we're going to be sitting here in the dead of winter and we're going to be bemoaning the fact that we're going to be sitting here in the dead of winter doing a show which according to Don Cooper, like these people don't know what they're talking about, but you watch, nobody's going to talk about you on any of the mainstream media outlets no, they won't. They throughout won't. the entire winter with the exception of GM meetings. And maybe they'll mention there was a Sox fest this past weekend with a few highlights of it. And then a few of them will show up at spring training. Otherwise it's going to be dead silence. That's why shows like this exist. Right, right. Well, but we're going to be sitting here in the dead of winter and, you know, we're going to get it coming across our desks that, Yomer has been tendered and he's back for another year and we're going to get it coming across our desk that, you know, they've picked up the option on Welling. They haven't bought out Wellington Castillo. We're, you know, we're going to get it coming. Oh, I don't think it's going to be desk. that bad. I don't think it's going to be. You that don't bad. think so. No, I think you don't you're, think you're, that, you're now you're a negative fan. You do not I'm think like that Dan Cooper, you're a negative. You fan. do not think that. Fine, let's make a bet. <laughs> one of those two guys is coming back, Chris. You think so? I think so. I don't think so. I, I think, think one of those two guys is coming back. There was a Sun-Times article back. just recently where they were, I think it was Sun-Times, where, where Yomer was bemoaning the fact that he didn't think he was going to be back next year. Good. I don't think that gets printed unless, and I don't think that storyline is there, and I don't think he's saying those things unless he sees the writing on the wall as well. I think that's a good preparation for what the Sox are going to do, and, and, and I think it would be shocking to me if Wellington Castillo was back next year. Well, I remember how remember it remember Chris it was shocking to you it would have been shocking to you and everybody else if Manny Machado took his bat and ball and went somewhere else but the White Sox managed to screw that up okay. plenty good. All right. I All mean right. this team has shocked us in negative ways before to a point to where it's like as a fan you're almost conditioned to it. Hey this is Acoustic Mike from Broadcast Basement and you're listening to Socks in the Basement with Chris and his buddy Dave. I did the broadcast basement with Chris for 10 years and nobody gave me a show. I'd leave if I had anything else to do with my life. Remember, the broadcast basement is available everywhere podcasts can be found and always at broadcastbasement.com. I have the audio from our beer bus. If you listen to this... Um, is this still when you were sober or is uh, this? you could hear it progress. Okay. You hear, you could hear it go from, from like, you know, 
we're having a good time. We're out at the beer bus to like, it's kind of how it sounds. Take a listen. This is Friday on the Dixie Highway Brewery Trail with Socks in the Basement and the listeners, Ileana Brew Bus and the Dixie Highway Brewery Trail. What's that? That's that's a recorder. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're totally on right now. Oh, okay. We're at the Blue Island Beer Company. I got Raquel here. She doesn't know what my name is. (laughs) Raquel is one half of the uh, Ileana Brew Bus. Raquel, do you... Can you say what my name is into the microphone? Chris Lunati? It was close. Ed, we're sitting inside the caboose, and we are at Flossmoor Station Brewery. And we're getting some looks. We are getting some weird looks. I didn't notice it, but some of the people on the tour said we're getting some looks. We're getting weird looks. I don't know why we wouldn't be getting weird looks. I think we're coming in and we're loud and we're four breweries in is what it is. Exactly, yeah. Okay, all right. All and right. you've got a giant stick. What, what's your name, Ed? My name is Tom Sercio. All right, Tom, you yeah. won by listening to the show, sharing it. You did a review of the show. You, yep. you did the whole thing. You got on the brew bus. Yep. We're about halfway through at this point. How you feeling? Um, a little exhausted, a little drunk. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to make it. Okay. Uh, I have my wife as my emergency contact. Okay, that's good. So that's a good thing. And, uh, yeah, you know, we were getting some looks. Yeah. Uh, I want to say, though, maybe it was just you getting the looks with your cane. And well, I had the cane and the boot yeah. because of the, uh, the injury. And so, also, yeah. we walked in with very high level of confidence. Okay, so yes. what shows do you listen to on the Broadcast Basement Network? I listen to Socks in the Basement, uh-huh. Broadcast Basement, right. and uh, Evergreen Park. I've actually shared your show more than three That's times. That's awesome. Thank you so yes. much. Shared it even after I won, right. so you know I'm a true fan. Yeah. And uh, we'll continue to do so. I love the Thank show. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming yeah. out tonight. I hope you're having a good time. No problem. Thank you. All right, you. cool. We are six breweries in in our seven brewery tour. How do you think it's going? I think it's going very well, Christopher. Yeah? Yes. You like this? This is good going time. Well. Okay, yeah. good. Honest to God. All right, good. Good trip? Great trip. Yeah. No comparison to anything we've ever done before. Seven stops in seven hours on the Dixie Highway Brewery Trail. No comparison to anything we've ever done before. Dave, yes, sir. I got one more thing for you. Actually. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was looking at this today because I wanted to kind of just see statistically where the White Sox were at. I, when I was looking up like the manager statistics... And, and with Ricky Rantoria. Okay. And I was looking at the attendance statistics and things like that. I noticed a few things about the team. And one of the things I noticed was that they showed, like, who was their best player every year with their wins above replacement next to them. Last year, Reynaldo Lopez had a 3.1 wins above replacement. That was the best on the team. Whoa. He led the team last year with three wins above replacement. Was this he, year, Was he that good last year? Th- but that was the leader. This year, Giolito's at 5.9. To give you an idea of when we would have really good superstar players, for three years in there, Chris Sale was a 5.6, a 6.5, and a 6.1. So Giolito getting up to a 5.9 is one of the best we've had, except for the weird Adam Eaton 2016 season where he was a 6.1 with him a replacement. That's how we were able to unload him for all that talent. Okay, So so we've got Giolito here. At his 5'9 this year, and I want to just take a look at the team at this point, and it could change as the season ends here in this last week, in this last weekend. Lucas Giolito leads the team with a 5.9 wins above replacement. There are, there are three players that also sit above Reynaldo Lopez's 
team high mark for wins above replacement last year. Can you name the three of them? We are going to go with. So three guys. Three guys could be pitcher or player worth more wins above replacement, along with Lucas Giolito, a total of four that are better than our highest wins above replacement player last year. I have four that it possibly could be. Okay, let's so do it. So Giolito's one. So I'm going to say. I'm going to say Mancata. Number two with 4.2 wins okay. above replacement. I'm going to say Anderson. Number three with 3.7 wins above replacement. Uh, who is it? Is it James or is it Jose? It's one of those two. Uh, You're right. Is it? it is one of it's those two. It's one of those two. It's, I'm going go to go with, I'm going to go with James. James McCann with a 3.6 wins above replacement. Where's it, Ho- hey, where's Jose at, by Jose the way? Jose has got one guy between him and McCann. Can you name him? Jose comes in at a 2.2 only wins above replacement. He had a down year for being, especially being an all-star, only a 2.2 wins above replacement. That's interesting, man. He's only worth about two wins more than a replacement level I would have thought he would be more, but who's... uh, There's a guy in between. I know we're running out of time, so I'll tell you this. In between, he's a pitcher. It's not Reynaldo Lopez, who had a 3.1 last year. Oh, is it um, Colome? No. Oh, 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 uh, bummer. Aaron Bummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of the bullpen worth over two and a half games, he's at 2.6 wins above replacement. Your top five, Giolito, Moncada, Anderson, McCann, and Bummer, which is amazing to me. And four of those guys well above your best wins above replacement last year. Last year. There is room for positivity. Oh, yeah. All I'm saying is there's also room for criticism. And you, if you don't like the criticism in 2019, Coop, be ready for 2020 if this team does not take off. Okay, same thing with Rick Hahn. Okay, the, the, the honeymoon is over, Rick. I have been defending you for years now. <laughs> if you don't have a big offseason, get ready. Okay, this is it. I've done three years of rebuild. We've got we are on the upswing. When you look at all the statistics, I want I want things to happen this offseason. We will talk more about it at Cork and Carry at the park. Remember, we start at five Kittles on at five thirty. 33rd and Princeton right on the corner. Myself, Dave, the guys from the 108, Ron Kittle. Who else who knows who's going to show up? It's going to be a great time. We will see you there tomorrow if you're listening on the day this comes out. If you're not, it's on Thursday, the 26th of September. Enjoy the last weekend of White Sox baseball. I want 72 wins. I think I think that's possible. I think they got to go that. four and three here down the stretch. I in the think, last seven well, games. You got the Indians and uh, four with the Tigers, is it? Right. So three out of four from the Tigers and one out of three from the Indians gets you that. Yeah. Okay. You, yeah. That's what right. I want. That's what I want. I want my seventy-two wins. Anything. If I get seventy or less, get ready for the criticism. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.